no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> The Premier League is back, and so are we. Round one posed a host of interesting fixtures with plenty of narratives and storylines throughout as two promoted teams took points off regular Premier League opposition and uh, some teams that would be looking for pushing towards the title looked a little shaky to kick things off, and one team in particular had a disaster start. As always, this is the 40-yard switch. This is the episode 61 I am your host, Jasper. I'm not. We're ditching the we're ditching the nicknames from now on. I'm Jasper. You're Wilbur. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. It's, it's good to have the Premier League back. Yeah, isn't it just? Yeah, what a what a, a glorious three days. Yeah. Um, I just feel empty now. I, I need more games. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I'm literally just today. I was like, I'm counting down the hours until uh, Everton kick off 9:30 on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely going to be an interesting one, and one that we yeah hope probably probably get some points from. Yeah, a huge game, a huge game. Um, but looking back to the week that's the weekend that was, um, kicking off with surprise, surprise, the team we've uh, undoubtedly talked the most about in our year long tenure doing podcasting, Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, that w- it was a pretty hard. Yeah, it was pretty hard to watch, basically. Yeah, you, um, you were you were none too pleased. No, I was really angry. <laughs> I was also, you know, it was also 11 o'clock on mm. Sunday night. I think that played into it a little bit. Big time. But yeah, I kind of decided that I'd stay up to to watch United play. And I was just, yeah, it was really frustrating. I think, yeah, um, no more so than Scott McTominay, who just had an absolute shocking game. Yeah. Didn't do anything defensively. Yeah. Like... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make many tackles at all but then like just lost possession constantly and every time United tr- tried to play through their midfield it just broke down with those two yeah. idiots big yeah. time yeah uh, well yeah the, the first um, few points I've got is essentially Man United looked pretty much exactly like they did last year and McFred McTominay and Fred were terrible yeah um, the defensive like like the the giving away the ball is is nothing new, um and I guess with, I guess the defensively uh, the 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 defensive frailty is potentially is not isn't really anything new either. But you sort of when people try and justify McTominay being in the team, they sort of go, oh, he's got that you know that nasty side. He puts himself about. He wins a challenge here and there. He, he doesn't really do that though, does he? Yeah. It's a bit of a smoke and mirrors argument that I that you don't really see a lot of in his game. Yeah, exactly. It's just that he seems like that type of player. Yeah, but in 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 actuality, he doesn't. He just doesn't do that very often. And if anything, Fred is more of the player who at least tries to do that. Yeah, maybe. but doesn't yeah, do it either. But. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I, we'll get on to Brighton in a second because I did think while they weren't amazing, they were definitely well set up and they played well to get what United gave them. Uh, but staying with United, I thought if you ha- if you had to pick out positives because like we've ragged on United so much over the over the past season that it's not really worth going on about how bad they are because essentially it's just a broken record. But positives, I thought um, Christian Eriksen looked clean on the ball. He didn't get a whole lot of service or chances to do much with it, but he did look clean on the ball. Um, I thought Lisandro Martinez was good, and I thought um, 
when he came on, Donny van der Beek was good. True. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Christensen looked good when he moved into the eight position and Fred came off. I don't think he was very effective as a false nine at all. No. Um, and yeah, Martinez was very good. Basically, everything that he did was was decent. I don't think you can fault him at all for the for the performance. But yeah, I can't I can't really remember too much of Donny Van Der Beek's. But he yeah. just came on and like just re- recycled the ball and allowed Denard to play through midfield more. Like which is kind of the bare minimum, but just he allowed Denard to do it rather than not doing it, which they were for the whole first sixty minutes. Yeah, it just seems like you just. Just get someone in there who can at least hold the ball when you are in possession. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it seems like trivial stuff that we'd sort of work on in training at a level we play at, but yeah, it's a glaring, glaring issue. Yeah, I think it's something that I've spoken to, or spoken to people training about last night is that they, like, Fred and McTominay, what, I don't know what they do in training yeah. for all these managers to keep picking them, but they must be like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. Do you think it's like a, like a, not that this is an excuse because it's like your professional footballers deal with it, but some sort of like, you know, perf- perf- like stage fright, performance anxiety sort of thing where like un- under the pressure of, because I, I think Gary Neville made this point where that the United team that finished second, finished second in a COVID season where virtually there was like maybe like what, 10 games in total that were, that were played with crowds. The rest were behind closed doors. And do you think that this United team were able to come from behind in so many games and play potentially better football without the pressure of the fans but now you know as soon as that angst you can feel the angst in the air when they did when they didn't start overly well and then when the first goal went in it just yeah yeah i i I think there's probably something in that yeah i mean players can definitely be better in in training as well that that's definitely something that that can happen but yeah potentially It's, it's an interesting point yeah but they must be a lot better in training. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another point that uh, Karen Carney made um, on the panel with Gary Neville and Micah, and uh, I think it was Roy Keane, was that what's Man United's scouting network doing? Like, you saw Brighton had that midfielder, Kai Seda, who they only signed, I think, two seasons ago, who potentially was looked at, apparently was looked at by United uh, two, two years before that. And he was easily better than Fred McTominay on, on the day. Uh, this has been, there's been countless central midfielders signed for other teams. You look at who Everton have just got in Onana. Was he not good enough for United? You look yeah. at Idris Agana Gay. Is he not good, not good enough for United? It's, you look at players like Yuri Tielemans who's available for 30 million pounds. He's not good enough for United? Like, what is their scouting network doing? Like, they see time and time again this midfield pairing called McTominay and Fred not working, not being good enough, and yet they they hung up on chasing Frinker de Jong down a through a maze to get to spend 80 million dollars on them when there's all these other targets for much cheaper who would do better than what they've got yeah yeah no it's definitely a very good point and i mean it seems it it does seem like ever since sir alex ferguson left the transfer targets have always been players who have kind of made a name elsewhere and then they come to united because there's money at united essentially and there's Mm. there's been very few signings where they come to United and develop into a into, into a good player from a, like from a kind of a good starting point, like like Park Ji Sung, for instance, is, is a good example. Yeah, phenomenal so, player. Yeah, I I think that's definitely you know they need to change that that strategy and not getting players who are kind of just heading over the the peak of their career and start getting people in yeah through like scout networks like you say, but yeah yeah there's just there's just so much wrong yeah with the club. 
So we'll digress to see who they're playing. Who are they playing? Who they're playing next week? They are playing. And surely there'd be so many hungry young players out there who would Ex- want to make a name of themselves. Exactly. And, you know, and don't have the yeah the pressure, I suppose. So they're playing Brentford next week. So there's definitely a chance to get points on the board there. But they came. They they looked much better in the second half against Leicester on the weekend. So who knows? But yeah. But before we move on, let's quickly talk about Brighton. People are, quite a few people online are bigging up how well Brighton played and it was like a tactical masterclass from Glenn Potter. I think they played well, but I think it was a lot more of they took what United gave them in the first half and then, they, and then round one away from home, they shut up shop in the second half. Yeah. And United were good enough, anywhere near good enough to, to break them down. Do you think that's more of a fair assessment? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the, like, yeah, the... F- Wait, the first goal was the the ball in behind from Trossard, right? To roll back and he cut it back to the back post yeah, because yeah. Maguire was out of position. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one, you know, they just gave... They turned the ball over in midfield. Trossard, Trossard had like all the time in the world to pick out the pass and then no one got in position quick enough. So yeah, they basically took what United gave him there and then... The second yeah. one, United, they let, they let Brighton basically play through them up the pitch and then when it got to like sort of around the edge of the box before that ball went wide for the guy to eventually shoot um, there was just no one closing down and then uh, and then when that shot did come in uh, they were just again Fred was asleep at the back post uh, that's right and yeah, again yeah. it's a gift because you, something that you pointed out when we were watching the game in the second half what was it three four times Robert Sanchez spilled the ball and a Brighton player was first to it every time to clear yeah but the one time it happened to United they conceded yeah yeah, no, exactly. I I think that's a very like I think that's basically a, a good assessment of it. Um, yeah, they, they took what United gave them, but full credit to them. Like in the first half, there were there were points at which you know they were able to play through midfield and, and looked quite good in it, which United Absolutely. weren't weren't able to do, and they kind of got that ascendancy and made the most of it, and then yeah, yeah. shut up shop. So yeah, after it's and also I guess it is impressive that after losing. Arguably their two best players last season in um, Basuma and Kukurea, they're still able to uh, churn out results. I mean, it, I mean, we've been saying it for ages. Grand Potter's a very good manager. How much money did they get for Basuma? A thirty million, so yeah. eight, uh, ninety million all up. They never spent any of it. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, like you said, I I, I love Grand Potter. Yeah, I think he's a great manager. Um, moving on now to another interesting game. Um, obviously not the result that you would have wanted, but a, 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 a performance you could be proud of when Everton lost uh, 1-0 to Chelsea at home. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely happy. With, well, I'm not, I'm not unhappy with the performance. Yeah. I think I think really it was just a tale of two teams that didn't have a striker, a recognised striker on the pitch. Um, Chelsea were... Chelsea are the better team let's be honest um, and they they created more chances but they weren't really able to take them apart from a, a Jorginho penalty which which came about from a, just a completely ridiculously reckless challenge from De Kure. yeah yeah that was a stupid challenge um, and then Everton also looked likely at points in the game but just because we lost um, Rondon suspended and you're playing with Anthony Gordon playing through the middle and playing long balls over the top, it's just it's not going to work out. Yeah. But yeah, th- th- there were chances where, where we could have scored, um, and I'm I'm pretty happy with the performance. And also, when you lose two of your top three centre backs in one game, yeah, yeah, it's always going to be tricky. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ben Godfrey's was 
was definitely really sad. Yeri Minas was like typically weird. He kind of like went down, asked to come off. The physio came over and told him to go off. And then once he'd been subbed off, he started arguing with the physio that he should have, he could have played on or something. But weird. Anyway, but yeah, I suppose we'll get onto the transfers yeah, later. But yeah, we've strengthened things quite are well. potentially are looking up uh, post that game. Yeah, I th- yeah, but but yeah, I'm definitely happy with the performance. And um, with Rondon back next week. He comes straight in, you think? Yeah, I would. I would play him there. I would play him. We we need someone there. He's obviously not as good as Dom, but yeah, yeah. Who would you I, take? I out? think. I think a big highlight for me was how well Awobi played in the yeah, same midfield. I did hear that. Yeah. It was he. He killed it. I heard Awobi and Patterson and Tarkovsky were the three um, standouts from uh, just browsing Everton Reddit. Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah, Awobi was a highlight for me. But yeah, Patterson played decently well. And Tarkovsky, yeah, had a good performance at centre-back. True. Uh, when Rondon comes back in, to who does he come in for, Gray or McNeil? I don't know. I, 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 I can't honestly split between the two of them. I think they're, I think they're both basically as good as Leave each it up other. to Super Frank, eh? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. But so, I, I think the, the, the main thing that I took away from the sort of what I saw most of the first half and um, the reaction post game is already Everton seemed to have a defensive defensive sort of solidity solidity that they lacked last season and yeah I mean I, I don't think any of either of us were under any illusions that uh, Everton might get relegated but I think there's definitely a little bit more positivity around the camp now yeah. for sure yeah I think actually one other thing on the defensive solidity is that yeah Ever, like for about five years now we've just been absolutely dog shit at defending set pieces and we Chelsea had a lot of corners I think at one point they had five corners in a row yeah when Holgate just came on yeah yeah um, and yeah we, we defended set pieces really really well which I thought was a big positive that's what you like to see especially with like as a, and a sign of like good management at a club is when there is a glaring issue and it's dealt with in the off season because that's when you deal with the core problems that you have in your playing style isn't yeah. the off season and yeah yeah and I think yeah on preseason there were obviously some bad moments losing 4-0 to Minnesota United but I think the signs are actually pretty good for us and yeah preseason is preseason too soon like United beat Liverpool 4-0 or whatever it was in preseason yeah true. and look at them so. <laughs> speaking of Liverpool though uh, not looking too crash hot again in their opening game uh, coming from behind to scrape a point at Craven Cottage against newly promoted Fulham uh, terrible first half by Liverpool standards. Not quite as bad as United's, but by Liverpool standards, um, not great. I feel Fulham were well, well, well organised, and Mitrovic did get put himself about. But yeah, um, slow out of the blocks for Liverpool. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I heard Jurgen Klopp speaking after the game about how the happy. how the pitch was too dry, oh, wait. <laughs> and then the Fulham. Um, Twitter admin or whatever posted a photo after that being like you know lovely lush surface <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I, th- I think yeah I think they got stunned a little bit to be honest and Virgil van Dijk had a moment um, that's not very common um, for him like I think he, he he got caught out essentially and it, it was a penalty yeah I think like I, th- I think there's enough there yeah given that the ref calls it yeah but um, if it does, it's, it's one of those ones where it's, it, like, if it doesn't get called, you're like, eh. and if it does get called, you're like, eh. yeah. If it doesn't get called and it goes to VAR, you know, in, in both cases, there's no clear and obvious mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's great for Fulham. Yeah, really good. Um, I think, uh, obviously, I've already said Mitrovic put himself a- a- about again. Uh, again, Alexander-Arnold um, proving his uh, defensive liabilityness at times. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't uh, pretty from him. And it's at being the first game, competitive game Liverpool have played since the Champions League final, where he also was caught out at the back post. Not a great thing. Not a great look for him. But uh, I'm sure Liverpool won't mind in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a part of his game that he, he he needs to work on. But Yeah, but like we've been saying that for like two, three years now. And I feel like he hasn't worked on it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I guess it doesn't matter as long as they keep winning. Um, I thought, yeah, uh, Nunes. Yeah, last thing I was going to say. He, yeah, he looks a little bit all over the shop, but he... Um, yeah, he he got the results, goal yeah. and assist. He makes things happen for sure. Like, he, like he as soon as he came on, like Liverpool were back on the front foot. Um, yeah, like you said, looks a little janky, but if the ball goes in the back of the net. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he came on. Ball gets played across from the right, and he tries to do the thing with like the back heel, yeah, like yeah. let it run past the left foot, and then you flick it with your your right. Missed it the first time. Yeah. The second time, it got hit onto his foot as yeah. he made the motion, and then. The assist, I think he tried to control the ball yeah, and control it straight, straight into Salah's yeah. path. But yeah, he, he's a bit there. Yeah, I, I suppose he, yeah, like you say, he puts himself about and gets him in good positions. He looks like the type of like he's he's sort of it kind of is not surprising to have someone that talk and have uh, that sort of jankiness to his game. Whereas a player we'll talk, touch on later is that tall and looks way more polished. But anyway, they both uh, looked good. Um, Next, we've got Bournemouth, uh, newly promoted Bournemouth, beating Aston Villa 2-0 at home. Um, yeah, look, only only dot point I've got is the Villa's, is Villa's defense looks very worrying. New signing, new 30 million signing, Diego Carlos, didn't do much yeah. to, to fixing that problem that they had last season. Yeah, 100%. I think, like I spoke about before, um, Everton being pretty weak at set pieces. Yeah, Aston Villa um, on the day were just terrible at it. And was it a long throw on a corner? Yeah, there was. It was a cross into the box, the second goal, and just like um, uncontested header. And then there was multiple other moments where there's long balls into the box and it bounces, and just no one's dealing with it. Yeah, so I think I think it's definitely worrying, worrying signs for Aston Villa. Yeah, and uh, we couldn't find the exact statistic, but Steven Gerrard, who's been touted as this like amazing manager, oh wait, you did find it. I got it. Oh, he's got it. Yeah, so Steven Gerrard's been touted as this uh, amazing manager, and to be fair, I do like Steven Gerrard for the most part, but his managerial record since joining Villa sort of paints a different picture. Would you say? Yes. <laughs> um, in his so yeah, twenty-eight matches at Villa, he's won ten um, with a thirty-five percent win rate. And while Gary Neville was in charge at Valencia, he had the exact same um, record. So a thirty-five percent win rate, won ten out of twenty-eight. And actually, in that, Neville lost a few less than Gerrard's lost. Oh really? Had a few more draws, wow. but. Yeah, I mean the other thing is, it's La Liga. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 really not a good stat. Yeah, and like like we just touched on before, there's Aston Villa had defensive frailties in last season. You want to work on these things in the off season, and and you want to also bring players in, and they did both of those things, or they brought players in, but it doesn't look like they've improved that defending 
with regard anyway um, to the performance. So, yeah. But, but great for Bournemouth. Yeah. They also looked nowhere near as like... I mean, I remember when Steven Gerrard first came in um, after... What's his name? Got sacked. Oh, Dean. Yeah. Dean Smith. Dean Smith, yeah. After he got sacked. They just looked a bit scary going forward. Like they had... Um, Jacob Jacob Ramsey Jacob Ramsey yeah, and Coutinho, Coutinho and uh, what's his face um, Ollie Watkins and yeah they were all sort of firing but they just really didn't look that likely against Bournemouth um, so yeah it was yeah. yeah but yeah like you say it's it's very good for Bournemouth and and maybe I had them wrong yeah maybe I had them right <laughs> time will tell there's um, only one game <laughs> uh, next we have uh, Man City Beat West Ham 2-0 at London Stadium. And really, the only narrative or storyline out of this game is that that Howland boy looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. I think we were both, in the in the preview episode, maybe a little bit disparaging after the Community Shield performance. Yeah, um, as were a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was so much talk about it. Um, but yeah, then obviously... Erling Haaland brought it up in his post-match interview about a lot of people saying a lot of things last week, you know, but that's how it is. But I also saw um, an interview with Pep today being, and like in the post-match interview, the the guy compares him to Ronaldo and Thierry Henry. And he's like, yeah, last week you're saying he's a flop and this week you're saying... Yeah, yeah. and I see like when, when, as he's asking the question, Pep's just like... Yeah. <laughs> it, would, yeah. it would be so tiring. Yeah. Listening to those... But I think that the person that had the mo- most realistic take this season is Roy Keane surprise surprise it says if he plays like that all season and De Bruyne and others are feeding him forget 20 goals a season he's going to score 30 or 40 yeah I think seriously look out the guys the kids like, I mean we, 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 we did know this I don't know why we ever second guessed ourselves me and you like he's a phenomenal player like his goal scoring record is absolutely bonkers yeah and like he's got he's, like, he's 6 foot 4 and a bit he runs as fast as anyone and he's got the touch of someone 5 inches shorter than him yeah. So, yeah, I, I suppose it's just you see it with a lot of strikers coming into the Premier League and they can't quite compete. True. But I suppose, yeah, like you say, his strength is is his physicality, um, coupled with a, a really good touch for such a big guy, and and that's what you kind of need in the Premier League. Yeah, that speed and physicality. Yeah, and also he's got he's got that that you know that. Killer, not killer. Killer instinct is a bit of a cliche, but you know what I mean. He He's does, got that though. that 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 drive, yeah. that, like that, like I want it real bad type of thing. Yeah, I think yeah. The the runs the runs that he makes are just like so good. Yeah, like, yeah. they're they're really yeah, yeah, they're really pinpoint. And when De Bruyne is feeding you, yeah, I reckon like early early prediction of De Bruyne being top assister and him being top scorer is probably slashed odds now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And yeah, I, th- I think he, he, like, the run he made for the second goal was amazing, but he also made a very good run for the first goal and got the penalty yeah, from he got the penalty, yeah. yeah. I, I'm surprised how much, like, how he was, he ran super fast for the second goal, but the way he, like, I thought Martinez was, no, not Martinez, Fabianski was going to get the ball first. No, Ariola, sorry. Was going to get to it before he gave the penalty. I was like, oh, he'll do well to get there. And he got there with, with ease. Yeah. Like, he covered, like, I think he's a little slow off, like, first few yards, but once he gets going, he flies. Yeah. Powerful, but yeah, unreal. Uh, he's scary, scary side. I'm not looking forward to an Arsenal play. Uh, Man City. I mean, I never am. But yeah. Next, uh, K off the rank. We have uh, unexpected, unexpectedly 
to most, I would think. Uh, Leeds beat Wolves 2-1 at Ellen Road. Um, Wolves look shaky, but Leeds potentially better than we anticipated. Yeah, well, Brendan Aronson looked quite good. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Him and Tyler Adams and uh, and the Jesse March, the Yankee trio, seem to be doing all right so far. It's only one game, but... Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see too much of this, but yeah, it looked like Leeds created the bulk of the chances. Um, and yeah, Wolf, Wolves didn't really respond with much either. Yeah, and a signing we'll get onto a little bit later in transfers. They've just, like, they looked shaky at the back and they've just sold arguably their best defender. We'll get onto that. But it seems interesting. It's an interesting business move uh, yeah. or football move. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, and, and also someone that I think people potentially forget about a little bit with Leeds because he was kind of in Rafinha's shadow was is Rodrigo yeah dude's really really good yeah and can I think probably step into Rafinha's shoes a little bit this season yeah. I think also a little bit more versatile than Rafinha as well I think he was playing he played uh, through the middle initially but can also play off either flank and up top yeah so also it was nice to see Patrick Bamford back True. I do yeah. like him. He missed heaps last season. Hey? Just a shame he's playing on a team full of Americans. <laughs> Damn. Um, okay, just briefly, because we've already talked about a lot of football. Um, Spurs beat Southampton 4-1 at, uh, at home. They look very convincing. No surprises there. I, I think everyone saw them giving Southampton the business. Yeah. Yeah, like we spoke about Southampton. Yeah, could struggle this season. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, only, I'm interested to see how... Tottenham do when Richarlison's playing. Really. Yeah, I didn't actually watch that game. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, truth be told, I only watched the highlights like about twenty half an hour ago. Um, but yeah, they look good. Uh, Arsenal win two nil uh, against Palace against at Selhurst Park. Park. Um, not again. Not many narratives out of this game. Uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't an overly convincing performance, but a clean sheet and a win away from home on the opening day. Considering how inconsistent we've been on opening days in the past, I'll take it all day week. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think some that I've heard a lot of, at least pundits say, is that yeah, Arsenal weren't good for the whole game, but in the in the periods in which they weren't good, they kind of managed things relatively well. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I I think that's that is the mark of of a good team, mm. though. I think it was that ball that Zaha put through to Eze. And he just like hit it straight around. Ramsdale, yeah, that was a beautiful pass. Yeah, and that people should, were that should up, be a goal. People were bigging up Ramsdale for that save. I'm like, and like the only thing that Ramsdale maybe did that was was good was he dropped to his knees instead of doing the thing where keepers can get megged. Yeah, true. But you got to finish that. Like, yeah, and the one where Edward kind of header headed the ball up yeah. instead of heading the ball down. Yeah. Anyway, like yeah, like credits to Ramsdale. He made saves when he had to, but like yeah, I mean. I would I, like you'd expect him to make both those saves. I also thought it was interesting that because Edouard started and Mateta came on, right? Yeah, but Mateta was playing more last season. I thought that was weird too. Yeah, I thought Mateta had a really, really good finish and was a lot better last season. Edouard, he had that really good start um, against Tottenham. against Tottenham, but fell off completely after that. And I don't think his feet are as good as Mateta, so it's interesting mm-hmm. that Vieira went with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I think Saliba though is probably one thing I'll point out. I thought he was really good. Um, I mean, Zinchenko and Jesus were good, but I think the standout and he won man of the match. So Saliba, again, cringy football cliche, but like a new signing, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I, th- I think there's probably been a bit of frustration with Arsenal sending him, him, him out on loan so much, but it seems to have worked quite well. Yeah, now. I mean, he sort of got... First time was agreed when we bought him to Sanetian. The second time, uh, Arteta just thought he wasn't quite ready. The third time, he won pl- French Young Player of the Year. So it seems he's gone from strength to strength, and then we've eventually been like, okay, that's the finished product. We want him back now, and it's worked a treat. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a beast. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just keen to see how he plays when we come up against a, a, a better team. And not that Crystal Powers are bad, but I mean, like a top six team. Yeah. Yeah. They are, yeah, they are very dynamic, though. So it's a decent test, yeah. like you say. Um, yeah. And I, I thought Ben White did okay dealing with Zaha, considering Zaha is one of the best one on one players in the league, but it struggled. He, I hope, I hope Tommy Asu is back soon. <laughs> Yeah, do you reckon Tommy Asu does better? Yeah, Tommy Asu one on one defending last season was phenomenal. Yeah, against almost anyone. Yeah, and 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 you'd expect it to be because he's a he's a, he's a wide defender, not a, not a centre back. Yeah, you know, wide defenders should be that should be their strength, really. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, that's um, a uh, another week of football. Um, oh, the first one, not another week, the first week of Premier League football in the books. Uh, just quickly before we move on, I just want, I was just I didn't even think of this. There, uh, let's just go through both the games of our of the, our teams and then the Chelsea Tottenham game because back give a few previews. Why not? We used previews. to always do that. So, wait, did we mention the Newcastle game? Oh no, we didn't. Oh, oh, well. I suppose this is not too much. I to mean, they, yeah, they, they beat promoted Nottingham. Very good goal from Fabian Scher. Oh, Callum yeah, Wilson. That was that was nice. Yeah, Callum Wilson with a nice finish as well. Um, Sorry, yeah. let's, let's go to the next one. Uh, but yeah, so starting with Everton Villa, uh, how do we see this one going? I yeah, I think this could be a good game for you guys. Quietly, yeah, I think it could be, but at the same time, like you know, kind of knowing who 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 Stephen Gerrard sort of I suppose was as a football player, he'll definitely be expecting. Um, a lot more uh, from his team, so so they could kind of bounce back, and they do have players who can kick on. So I think we need to be careful. Yeah. Um, also, and yeah, we we made the signings that we'll talk about, but like bringing them in after being there for less than a week can be tricky sometimes. Mm. But yeah. Also, they, they Everton's away form last season as well. Yeah. Is exactly. like the like the set piece defending though maybe has maybe has been something that's been addressed in the off season but we can't we won't know until they play at Villa Park. Yeah, I think yeah I I, I do have high hopes for it though, but pr- I'm trying to mute them. Can I, can, I, can I press you for a scoreline prediction? Um, yeah, I I I I think we'll score at least a couple. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say three actually. We. Um, but yeah, I think. I'll go three one. Three one. Three one. Because nice. I I just think there's lots of goals in it. Both teams could be a bit dodgy defensively. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. Uh, um, I think there'll be goals in it. I just with Rondon coming back and just uh, like I don't know how many goals, but like there'll be some goals. Two one to Everton. Damn Everton. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Villa's defensive. Villa just looked really uh, disappointingly bad. Like I expect a lot more from them um yeah, yeah. and then uh, we've got arsenal versus leicester um look honestly if we mean business this season this is a game we should win uh and pretty comfortably too um leicester didn't leicester looked okay in the first half against brentford 
Um, then just completely shut the bed in the second. Um, Vardy's getting on. He's not the player he was. Um, they're, they're starting 11 is still decent, but like they've got no one to bring off the bench really. Um, and yeah, again, like if, if our defense means business this year and, and you know, we've got Gab Jesus and all that now, I think, I think we should win this game. Like I'm like three, one or three nil even three nil. Yeah. I rate it. Yeah. I I think, I think Arsenal will win as well. Especially at the, especially at the Emirates too. I think it's at the Emirates. Yeah, it is the Emirates. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, I think there could potentially be a few goals in it. I'll say, I'll just, I'm going to go four nil. Four nil. <laughs> God, I hope that's... Imagine it's like two all. That'd be fucking... Uh, this could be the start of, you know, the title run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the and Champions fi- League. Yeah, and uh, finally Chelsea Spurs at the, probably the game of the round at uh, Stamford Bridge. Yeah, this would be interesting. I think Tottenham win. Comfortably, actually. Comfortably. Interesting. I, d- I, d- I really thought that Chelsea were... Like... Yeah. They just didn't seem really up for it. And mm-hmm. I, I think the whole mood there is a bit weird. Um, and Tottenham is completely the opposite. Like, yeah. they've got a great manager um, and they scored lots of goals last week. So, I'll say... What I'll say is... Uh, 3-0, Tottenham. I think Chelsea will lose, but I think they will be... like Their back five is still fairly pretty solid. Like, Aspi, Thiago, Rudiger... Not Rudiger... <laughs> Uh, Koulibaly, Chilwell, and James. I think they'll lose, but it'll be close. I'm probably like maybe like a one nil. One nil Spurs, yeah. Probably like a, like a like a Kane penalty or something. I'm back in Richarlison to open his account. Ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to transfers, transfers, transfers. Uh, so you, I, um... yeah, you, you kick off with the two big names that have come to Bram- uh, not Bramley Moor Dock. What are they? Goodison Park. Goodison Park. <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself. Uh, yeah, so we signed. I think his name's Andre Onana. Yeah, from Lille. So yeah, centre defensive midfielder, still relatively young. Mugged off West Ham in the process. <laughs> you love to see it. Yeah, that was that. That was yeah, probably the best part of it. Mugging off West Ham. But yeah, it it, it seems really good. Um, more options in the centre of midfield, which I think is good. We've got quite a few there now. If you kind of Woby, it's yeah. Decore, Allen. Um, who else we got in there? Uh, Idris Aganagay. Yeah. Is that, I don't think that's been finalized yet, though. Oh, really? But there, he, like, there were like, photos of him in an Everton kit at the training facility. Oh, there. Okay. Yeah, yeah like, like like unofficial li- like photos of like, someone taking it. But yeah, but has it been announced? No, it hasn't been announced. Yeah, but yeah. I think like they're doing one, one a day type of thing. Yeah, true. Yeah, so Ghana. Um, and yeah, I th- hopefully we can... That, that signing can be the get rid of Andre Gomez yeah which I think they're trying to do anyway um, they've still got a while to do but yeah get rid of Tom Davies or keep him around I think I think probably get rid of him because yeah. you know I think he could be he could be decent for someone at, at a sort of lower club um, and, and he should be playing more football really yeah um, the second one God, I for, no Connor Cody <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really really happy with this sign. Not just because we've we just lost Yerry Mina and Ben Godfrey to injuries in the first round. I just think, um, yeah, having Tarkovsky, Cody, and then one of Mina or Keane or Holgate um, in the centre of defence is really solid. And 
threatening at set pieces going forward and solidifies the set piece defending as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I don't know a whole lot about Andre Anana, but I've heard a few good things. But yeah, Connor Cody is a phenomenal signing. Um, especially for the uh, way Frank Lampard seems to want to set up with the three at the back um, system. I think that, yeah, Connor Cody is uh, proven experience in that system. Um, took Wolves from the championship to a top half side, um, which is where Everton is striving to be back in and uh, has represented his country multiple times um, and in tournaments as well. Like he, like, yeah, like he probably didn't start for England in the World Cup or the Euros, but um, he was he definitely played in games. Yeah. Uh, and has played in various Nations, Nations League games and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's um, international experience. Uh, is top is a top half quality centre back that's undeniable. Um, yeah, seems like a good lad too. Oh yeah, yeah. Really, seems like a model professional and a, and a good yeah. lad. And and he's still well and truly in the prime of his career. Yeah, he's twenty nine, right? Yeah, twenty nine. So yeah, really astute signing. Um, and I and like we touched on before, I think Wolves will be uh, Rue letting him go. Yeah, and I think that's Cody was well, free at this point. Tarkovsky on a free, sold Richarlison for sixty million. Um, and then I think we bought Oana for like, oh, sorry, Onana for um, maybe like 30, I want to say. I heard 30, yeah. yeah. It was undisclosed, but I think Fabrizio said something around 30. Yeah. And, you know, for we've spoken about a lot in the, the podcast in the, in the past that, you know, Everton have just spent so much money since uh, Mashiri came in. And it seems like they've actually done some good business this time around. Yeah. And also it's good that um, signings that, uh, that you made a little bit in the past and now blooding in, you know, look like he likes a Patterson, um, Mikalenko. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it seems like there's a solid foundation there, which is, which is, which is good. Yep. Uh, next is, uh, Goncalo Guedes. I, think, I don't know if I said that right or not, <laughs> but, uh, signed from 27 million euros, roughly, uh, from Sevilla to Wolves. Um, uh, I don't know anything about him. Apparently, he's a centre midfielder. He's Portuguese. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, classic. Um, yeah, I mean, stick him next to Ruben Neves, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, yeah. Real Martinez is injured, so that's probably a good thing that they've got him. Yeah, a bit of depth. Yeah, I, I also know nothing about him, yeah. but yeah, the, the Portuguese players that they've picked up in the past have been pretty handy, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, just quickly on Wolves... Yeah, Jose Sarr had a shocker. Oh, man, didn't he? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> that was really... Yeah, for, for a player who a lot of people said had a really good season yeah. last year, he does have that in his locker. Yeah, he had like the like the highest save differential or like most goals saved from something, like one of those crazy stats. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was, he was terrible. Like first goal, like... Any keeper worth their shots would be saved. Went like that. under him at the front post. Yeah, it's like that's just all. And then this, and then almost like uh, rat, walked the ball into his own net. Um, and yeah, just not not looking good. Yeah, I don't remember what their second goal was, but um, yeah, yeah, not great. Um, back to transfers. Back to transfers. Yeah, uh, a Wilby's whisper, whisper <laughs> has now uh, been confirmed. Uh, Mikel Damsgaard to Brentford oh is that being confirmed love that well Fabrizio has said Brentford have now finally signed and sealed Mikel Damsgaard but deal. has he gone here we go <laughs> I can't see it here we go actually yeah but a lot of the time once he says signed sealed it's, it's usually happening yeah but yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good one yeah 
Um, yeah, like we, I think we said it before. If he can stay healthy, it's a good signing. Yeah. Um, means to be seen. I think what me and you do, you should do uh, on a, in a, in a few weeks on the podcast is instead of doing our ladder prediction. I know you've already done one ladder prediction, but instead of um, doing like everyone does ladder predictions before the season starts, let's let's do our ladder predictions at the end of the transfer window. Because I feel like we'll have a much clearer idea then. Because like. But, th- but then we've also seen part of the yeah, but people like it, have shuffled in. True, but I also so feel it's easier. I, it's a bit easier, but I also feel like it, not enough's happened. Like I think it'll only be like round three or round four. I think the international break is the is at the end of August. So yeah, can I move United out of my top four? <laughs> yeah, <you can>. <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, but yeah. Speaking of United, uh, they were wildly linked with Marco Arnautovic. Thankfully, I think that's uh, now been, I think, put to bed. Yeah. That was just a ridiculous... I don't know who made that idea in the backroom staff. Yeah. Washed up 33-year-old striker with... Attitude problems. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It'll fit in well in the dressing room. (laughs) Uh, But... Another thing which there potentially is closer to being happening for United is the signing of Adrian Rabiot. I made a joke about him not being too good um, to Wilbur on Instagram, so calling him the French McTominay. That was a bit harsh. He's not. He's a perfectly serviceable midfielder. Um, uh, has played fairly regularly for Juventus over the past few years and played fairly regularly for PSG too. Um, I don't think he's like going to wow anyone, but he's damn sight better than Fredo McTominay. So... Yeah, I, I, I just think it, it just gives them another option. He's much better on the ball than McTominay is um, and, you know, potentially gives someone a... Ch- I don't know. Gives the midfield a chance to, to adapt to something different. Potentially Fred is sitting deeper and he's, he's, uh is a bit more creative. I or don't you, know. Or you but, can play him next to, McT- uh, next to Van der Beek. Yeah, but they're, they're, they are struggling and they need options. But I suppose it comes back to what we said what we're saying at the start of the pod is that yeah they need to be going for young players really mm. like this sort of signing hasn't worked for them for the last however many years since Sir Alex left so yeah I, I, I personally don't mind it yeah neither but it does seem like it's in the same mould as other yeah. bad signings yeah it just it doesn't seem like overly well thought out I think it's my only my only issue with it it's just like oh yeah he's a guy who is alright Let's go get him. It's yeah. just like, where, where, what's the vision? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think something that plays into it is that, yeah, they're not really a destination anymore as well. Mm, so, that's true. That Which is sense. wild to think of it. Like, one of, arguably, the top three biggest teams in the world. Like, yeah. Well, I just think, I mean, everybody sees how much they get. Like, the club as a whole gets just like picked apart by the media every single week and you don't really want to be a part of that no surely yeah yeah it's a far cry from them from them from the team picking apart every team they've played against under Sir Alex Ferguson yeah very nicely done <laughs> thank you <laughs> um, alright so wait, have you got any other transfers because I, I, I'm, I'm fresh there's, out there's no whispers this week alright uh, but we're that sure to speed up in the next last two weeks of the window and especially transfer deadline day coming up soon but lastly, before we round out this week's episode, uh, we, uh, we have to go through, like we said we would, the Fantasy uh, League. So we've got, we, 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 we've got uh, 12 people participating um, to, to kick us off. Uh, thank you for joining, those who have. 
Um, a couple of names me and Wilbur haven't seen before, but friends of friends are always welcome here at the 40-yard switch. Uh, but the, the top performer from Game Week 1 was uh, an old friend of Wilbur and ours, Wilbur's and ours, and a regular at Brunswick Secondary College Futsal, albeit as a spectator, uh, Malik. Uh, he's done it. He's done it. His team got 75 points, which is four better than the next best uh, player. Let's have a look at his team I right here. I see Captain Harland. Captain, mm, very smart. Very astute. Captain Harland. Yeah, he had James Cancelo, Mendy. Uh, this is I'm just reading out point getters: uh, Salah, Martinelli, and Haaland. Yeah, very, very astute. Um, yeah, yeah, right. it's good. Well done to Malik. We'll be posting his team uh, on the Instagram. And Wilby, you did not, you didn't do too bad for yourself either. Yeah, so I was, I was um, seven, seven points off Malik. Uh, I came in fourth. And yeah, had had Salah as captain. He got twenty four. So yeah, I was I was pretty happy. Yeah, I was pretty happy. I uh, didn't do so well. Uh, <laughs> I sit in, sit in the bottom half of the table on in seventh, uh, fifty six points. Would your would your team before you made the last minute changes have done better? I think it might have. Yeah, because yeah. I would have had Cancelo in there instead of James Justin. Uh, oh, and, and sorry, uh, but then I wouldn't have had Reese James. Um, but I would have had. Yeah, so I would have had Trent, Cancelo, Zinchenko, uh, and then I would have had Luis Diaz, Salah, and um, who else did I have? I can't even remember. Oh, I would, I had, I think I had uh, Christian Romero. Um, had Neto. He didn't do too Wait, well. Did you move it around to sh- get Kane in? No, to get De Bruyne in. Get De Bruyne in. Okay. Um, which wasn't the best move. He got an assist, and I'm probably going to keep him. But I want to do some moving around. I tried to. Uh, I think uh, Bailey's not a good one. Yeah, I've already tried to to drop Kane um, for Haaland, but uh, Haaland's already gone up a price point, and Kane's gone down a price point. Yeah, so stick with Kane as your captain. He's yeah, gonna score. I think I might change the ca- cap the captain to Salah, but I'll stick with Kane in my team for a little bit longer. Although City do have a favourable matchup this week against um, Fulham, I think it is. Um, also, honourable mention to Robbie Arnold. With 71 points. Shout out. Also did well. He's got Highland and Suller in his team. And he captains Suller. So. <laughs> but yes. Both um, are good options. The Fantasy League is well underway. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. I'd, um, and yeah. I mean this. Except for maybe Max and Ollie. Floundering a little bit. Uh, everyone's done alright. I mean the, the average points for the, for, for the first game week was 57. So... <coughs> Beg pardon. I uh, regressed to the mean somewhat, and everyone, and everyone above me did better yeah. than average. That's the thing about averages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the thing about averages. Um, but yes, that'll conclude us for this week. Uh, plenty more Premier League football, which we can't wait to bring to you uh, in the week on the weekend. <laughs> um, as always, he's been Movie. I've been Woody. We'll see you next week. Back to nicknames. (laughs) 